From the world of AV programming and control with James King, I'm Steve Greenblatt, and this is Ask the Programmer. Hey, James, how are you today? I'm doing good. And yourself, Steve? I'm doing well. I'm glad that we're back for uh, another episode, and um, this is going to be a fun one because we, we have uh, a returning guest who is uh, a friend of the show and also uh, a good good question to talk about. So um, I'd like to welcome back, if you didn't hear him in the last episode, uh, episode 138, we talked with Brian McGrogan from Verex. Welcome back, Brian. Thank you for having me back. This is great. I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. This is going to be a good one. Excellent. I th- think uh, think we could all relate to um, the idea that uh, somebody has once said, I, I can't imagine that you've been programming for too long if you haven't heard this. Um, uh, you know, Just program around that or... Just fix that in code. So let's let's talk about what that means. Um, James, I'll, I'll kind of let you kick this one off because uh, I, I know that being in different roles that you've been in, and and also now, um, you know, having to manage, um, I'm sure that this is a, a something that that does come up a lot. Um, so what do, what do we mean by when we're saying uh, fix this in code or what? Um, or can we can we just uh, program around it? So basically, way I take any kind of comment like that is one, it really shows them they don't know what they're doing. They or they purchase something they should not have purchased, either consumer grade equipment. And I'm not going to knock all consumer grade equipment because I've had used them myself in projects, but you have to be mindful of what you're getting and do your research to make sure you can use the tools and make it reliable and all that stuff. And sometimes the users or these people, folks, they'll go out and, you know, they'll just find ever whatever's cheapest. And then they'll come in and be like, well, make it work. And then that really puts a strain on us programmers because Sometimes we can't, and then we look like the bad guys. Yep i I think it's definitely a uh, <laughs> something that's been discussed before, and, and I've also been told just because you can do it, that doesn't mean you should do it. So, Brian, that, I you, that's a really good point there about impact of reliability, impact of serviceability, all those things down the road. You know, I I I very quick sometimes to think outside the box to come up with a solution, but I also have to turn on another portion of my brain that says, okay, maybe I can solve this problem right now, but what about in six months when somebody who's never seen this before comes in and there's an issue and I'm not around that day and somebody else has to open it up and I've put notes and I've put comments about what it's done, why it's being done that way, but it's still very difficult to follow. And, you know, something that is going to come back to bite us and cost a lot of money just in serviceability when we could have spent a hundred dollars more or, you know, two or three hundred dollars more and gotten the right equipment right up front. So. Yeah. You talked a little bit in the last show about the idea when we were saying that uh, people don't necessarily value uh, programmers and understand the importance that they play. And and you kind of got into the, the thought about um, the difference between uh, consumer and professional equipment. So um, take that to um, how that impacts programming. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I get handed a new piece of equipment or when we're considering it, you know, in the past, I've been to Infocom, you know, the stuff that I'm looking at right away 
I'm I'm almost not looking at the features that they list on the box. I'm looking at how can I talk to this device? What kind of feedback does this device give me? You know, do I have discrete ways to do things where I know that if I send power, this thing's turning on, or if I send power off, it's turning off. You know, so I I I I find it fun to go with the sales team to kind of help keep them in check when we're looking at that kind of stuff, so that so that we can see those different things and also. More and more today, the further we go down the road, I have to look at well as well at, you know, can this be a box that can go on the client's LAN? Do we have, does this mean that we have to have an isolated network where this can go because it can't go on the client's LAN? And how does that impact other things down the road um, as well from a system design standpoint? So uh, buying the right gear is super important. And my house is a lab. My wife hates me for it. She absolutely hates it, but, you know, I'm constantly swapping stuff in and out in the house. I try to not touch the living room or the family room TV that has, you know, the Apple TV directly behind it, that has the cable box directly behind it, so that those will always work for her, but everyone else in the house is fair game, and I'm I'm putting in different, different pro gear, different consumer gear, whatever I can get my hands on to play and to know, and in a lot of cases, it comes in handy down the road at work to know that when somebody puts it on the job, like, oh, no, 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 I tried that. I, uh, uh-uh. Could I make it work? Yes. It worked like 75% of the time, but 75% of the time is not good enough to to actually say, yes, I can use this piece of equipment. So, so and I'm sure my wife loves to murder me on a daily basis for this kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> James, how, how do you... um? go about trying to explain that to somebody in terms of, um, yeah, yes, I can make it work, but it's probably not going to be a good long-term solution. It's hard to explain it, but I always try to hit uh, where everyone understands is financials. So like, yeah, okay, let's take a display because we all know TVs at, you know, any box store is going to be very cheap. Um, and they they sit there and be like, well, we can just throw this in. And then my first statement to them, well, you know, you void the warranty. Second, you bring a consumer grade uh, uh, the device into a corporate environment. You void the warranty. There is no warranty on it. And then I sometimes I'll get, oh, okay, that's great. And then I'll switch it out. Or well, I can still buy five before I get to the price of yours. And valid point. I can I mean, we all gotta be financial wise and uh understand that. So I can see that where you're coming. But then I was like, well, my team may not have the tools to support it. Or better yet, and this is where partnerships come in, is manufacturers won't back a consumer grade, but they'll back a uh enterprise. And I've had that like. I'm in the works right now with a manufacturer replacing a bunch of displays in ours at no cost. They're just, they came in, I showed them a video, what was going on. Now I have not had a user complain, but I didn't like what they were doing. So I showed the video to the manufacturer and be like, look, I'm not happy with this. This is what's going on. And they're like, we agree with you. That's not right. And I'm getting devices replaced. Now I would never have gotten that with a consumer group. Zero. They would have been like, oh, you know, you put it in, you deal with it uh, type deal. Now, I got the manufacturers backing me. 
And then we also can, if you really got to hit them hard and you really got to push for them is if you hit them um, about income. Like, yeah, I work in higher education. Students are paying to be there. So even say it's a hundred dollars a kid per class, that just projector goes down or that display goes down. You have 30 kids in that. That's uh, what? $30,000 out that you just lost because your display was down. That's where I try to uh, sum up. A lot of times they understand uh, Sometimes I still get pushed back and be like, oh, no, we're going to go with the consumer grade. We'll, we'll deal with those risks. But that, it's always a fighting game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The I like the warranty aspect of it. I didn't think so much about that in, in terms of it. I always think more on the control side of it and how that works. But, yeah, avoiding the warranty, right? And And you also make another good point there, right? Like the primary manufacturers that we work with, Joe Schmoff the street can't go call them up, but we have ties to them, right? We have committed to certain levels of training, certain levels of, of product where we can call and actually get their support. Go try and call, you know, the, the big box company TV manufacturer. It, you you can't, you, you just physically cannot. You can't get a person, you can't get anything. Try to spend an hour on the internet finding stuff about it. You know, there'll be a thousand articles and you won't even scratch the surface. So there is a reason why there's pro gear and there's pro grade and and there there are there's a lot of value. And not to say that sometimes you can't break your own rule, right? That does happen in certain scenarios. And I find the best thing there is to document it and document why. And when we come back to that in a year, it's like, hey, we said this, we understand it happened because of budget or or whatever. But let's revisit this now. We're in a new fiscal year or we're in a new, you know, we've learned our lesson. Let's get this done the right way. So one thing that comes to mind for me is how, how many, how often is it that clients are um, be, not knowing what they can have because they've always been in scenarios where they think that this is just the level of, of, um, uh, of completeness or or the of quality because that's what they're used to but they don't realize what they could have had or if you did it the right way per se or if you pro or you know a lot of times we we see that pro the products will look at be looked at as not working not necessarily because of anything wrong with them but because of programming so um I, i'll uh james if you want to jump in on that and uh, I think that it's an interesting conversation because it, I, I've often seen that um, in, you don't know what good is until you've actually experienced it. Yes. And you don't know when you're stuck in what environment you have, a lot of people, you know, they come accustomed to them, they deal with it. And then you show them what they could really get. It, it, you really get that eye waking moment with your users. So it's like, wait, I don't have to deal with this pain point. I don't have to do that. That's where we can show value. And um, definitely it's interesting. And But I never actually thought of that, of how we can go about and say, hear what we can do for you. Um, I mean, not to sound aggro and stuff, like all my previous locations, like we didn't have that problem. Like people weren't like, oh, I have to deal with this room. 
this limitation. We had some limitations because, you know, we had 200 classrooms and, you know, some were 10 years old and you had to deal with it. But we upgraded as we could. We did. A lot of our users weren't like, oh, I'm stuck dealing with VGA when that's all we know. No, we had newer technology as well. Now, so that's an actually interesting point there, Steve, is how we can go about showing like what people can get. Um, and I just think that's where hitting shows like Infocom and other trade shows out there to see what's out there and what our users can do. And, you know, actually set up our environment where, especially my environment, being in higher ed again, we have a lot of visitors. My old job, People used to come in and they would go back to where their schools were and be like, we're doing what they're doing. Um, They want that. That's what a lot of schools do. They visit other places. I've done that here. I've gone to other schools to see what they're doing and say, hey, can I incorporate that into what my users need? So we need to set up environments. We need to set up that wow factor and, you know, get to a level where users aren't just like, I'm going to deal with it. Brian, how often do you come across that? Do you, do you get involved in any um, uh, client demos or being able to show what you could have or what are the differences between one solution versus another? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I I don't generally get pulled in until we get to more of a technical level detail, but absolutely I do get pulled in. And I always, from a from my standpoint, from the programmer standpoint, it's actually kind of nice to get pulled into those and to be able to demo some of that stuff. And, and I do find I can talk to certain things in that and having a conversation about it, like, i.e., why we don't buy the $30 box, why we buy the $90 box. And it makes more sense at that point when when it's getting reinforced in that manner. But, you know, and while you were talking, James, you know, there are a reason why, like, the experience centers exist, to come in and to see and to play that kind of stuff. And, and like you said, you have other schools come through and tour your school and they can see, oh, wait, hold on. Wow, they have this. We, you know, what do we need to do to get that? Or, or or vice versa. Like, oh, we were thinking about that, you know, and I like it, but but I'm happy with what we did. You know, so you can a mix in both ways. So it works really well. And I, I do feel like, you know, working for an integrator, right, always wanted to put our best foot forward, always wanted to make sure that our product is above and beyond so that when somebody comes to visit that company and use that conference room, like, wow, this was really easy to start this meeting, but didn't take really anything for us to to move on. You know, who was it who did this for you? You know, you know, what did it take? So at, at the very least, get another lead and, and a happy customer in the end. I guess the, the so the million dollar question is how do you tie that back to the value that the programmer provided? Because essentially that, you know, that, that's why we're here, but also that's what we've right. been discussing almost for you know, um, this episode and the previous one is the the programmer uh, makes stuff look really good, but doesn't but doesn't ever get the credit for it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I, I from an internal perspective, there, you know, at I'm throughout touch points throughout the year, when we're you know when we're we're chatting in you know reviews or just in catch ups and stuff, I like to have a point a, a set of touch points of. You know, hey, for this project, we hit this roadblock. We were able to overcome it with this. For this client, I'm a little concerned that this might come back to bite us and we need to pay attention to it and let's flag it for future designs. 
but making sure that, you know, the programming team and the program are, are getting front and forward and raising those items and trying to help, uh, trying to help tout our wins as well. So that we remember that, Oh, Hey, this customer was super happy. They put a ton of programming time into this. You know, they, they spent a lot of time with it. You know, let's, let's make sure that, that we tie it back to that in the end and in, you know, all the different ways that we can try to do that. James, I think Brian brings up a good point and I know we're kind of drifting on our topic a little bit, but, but I think it's important to, you know, we always talk about the things that went wrong, but how often do we talk about the things that went right? Yeah. I don't think that happens nearly as much as we um, should be doing. You definitely should be doing a app reaction report of every project. Sit down and be like, okay, what went well? What went wrong? What do we need to change? What do, do we need to keep? And that is very valuable to the team, um, the programmers, installers. Like everyone should be at that table. Anybody who was involved in that project should be involved and sitting at that table and being like, okay, here's what we did. And that's where, like, having those kind of discussions, the salesperson might be like, wait, I didn't realize our program spent 50 hours on this program. I, and then that's a whole conversation that can get going. And they show the value. Or the program might be like, oh, I didn't realize the sales engineer had to really sell this idea to the client. Like, so there's a value just not even going over the project itself, but hearing what each member actually had to do and uh, felt. And like, I even talked with my team, tell me about your feelings, what were going for your head while you were doing this. Besides, okay, yeah, I know you did this physical work. I can see that, but tell me what, what was the pain point? What was going for your head? What, how do you feel about this? If you felt great about it or were you very upset that you were doing this? Like, you got the job done, but where was it? Like, where was your level of thinking at on that? Um, so that's, I think, a very, Brian brought a good point, having those after action reports and meetings and going for that. Um, I I think it's probably a good way of us wrapping this one up, but um, the I guess the, the last thing I'll, I'll just touch on is what, um, what, what can we do to better educate people on what that, that don't understand programming about the value that programming brings uh, 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 that, that should sum this one up, Brian, I'll let you um, take a crack at it. I, I think first and foremost, you know, don't be the programmer that's in the dark dungeon, deep cave that never comes out, you know, be part of the meetings, be, be there to help express <clears throat> your interest, your concerns, you know, bring things to the table you know, don't be the person sitting in the dark room that just codes all day. If you want to, if you want to do that, make it come up for air every now and then at the very least show that you're there, show that you're a partner. Um, I think that really helps bring things to light a lot. Um, when you put, you know, a face to a name and when you get to have an actual conversation, um, and <clears throat> I find it hard sometimes, but during those conversations, share your concerns, you know, share, Hey, you know, I understand that you want this, here's why I don't think we should provide it or here's, I think we should tweak that a little bit and have your input into the conversation. Cause that also shows your value. You know, you're not just, Oh, yep. I'm checking a box. You asked for this. I got it. I got it. I got it. 
you know, I'm actually bringing my skills, my, you know, 20 years of experience to the table to help fend off some issues down the road. So I think that that helps a lot, you know, and it, it doesn't have to be just programming related. When you see design things that are going on that, you know, have caused an issue in the past or are not going to line up with what they want to have happen, bring them up, talk about them. So I think that that really helps show why we're here. And James, I'll let you continue on with that because I think that's really why we're we have this podcast is to to bring more of the voices of programmers to the industry and and you know develop that community. So go ahead. Um, I I think Brian did a well job at explaining that. Uh, the the one thing I will say is I I know Steve kind of mentioned about the credit as programmers. If you're in it for the credit, saying hey you know, I want my name on this and stuff. You're in the wrong business. Um, <laughs> we don't, we're not going to get the credit. We're not going to get the fame, but knowing that we were part of the project is, should be enough and having the backing of your team. And that's where like Brian was saying, having those conversations, bring up your concerns because if your concerns aren't heard, you might be like you, your client might have the same concerns. But they didn't know to bring it up or the salesperson might have the same concerns as never thought about it. Sometimes someone just needs to speak it up and just be not thinking and just going by the mundane and saying, well, you know, I, I'll use a wild uh, non-programming example here is say you're building a building and the drawing say, you know, you got to put this beam on a glass wall, but you know, it's not going to fit, uh, you know, go on a glass wall. Some people do it and, you know, it's horrible. Don't be that person. Be that person and be like, do you know this is a glass wall? This is not going to work. We need to do this. We need to change this. And you could be, I, I don't like using this word, but you could be like the hero of the project because you're not the somebody going, oh, this says to put it here. I'm putting it here. Sometimes you, you got to move it over a little bit and uh, make changes. I think that's a good way to wrap this one up. I, you know, one thing that I'll add to that is I'll encourage that, uh, and and I've tried to do this throughout my career, which has been a long time by now. Um, the the uh, we, we programmers' voices need to be heard, and, and I think that we really should do more to bring to light, even though it seems like it doesn't matter. It does matter, and we we need to. There there are things that there are changes that have been made and, and we have to continue to try to help make that uh, happen to improve the industry. So um, Brian, uh, thanks for being with us again. And we look forward to having you back in the future. Uh, how can people get in touch with you, um, learn more about what you're up to and, and anything about Ferex as well. You can find me on most of the socials at the McGrogan. Um, you can, uh, Hit me up, please send me an email, shoot me a DM. If you have any questions, always happy to help. You can learn more about Varix at Varix.com and Varix on most of the social uh, medias as well. Uh, and we'd be happy to help you with anything you need. Excellent. And uh, James, how can people get in touch with you, learn what you're up to? Well, as always, Google me, you'll find me. I'm out there uh, on X, AV underscore James King on Sunday morning with the AV and the AM hashtag. Uh, writer for the uh, digital magazine, the ha uh, Higher Ed AB, the IT and AB column, and Singh Hatma. You, you can find me. 
And for me, you can reach me at Steve Greenblatt on social media, my company, Control Concepts at controlconcepts.net. And uh, what's real important to us is that you uh, let us know what you think and, and follow our show. And uh, you, you can see the video side on YouTube or the audio side on your favorite uh, podcast player. You could also follow us on X and Twitter at uh, AV Programmer Pod. So check that out as well. Um, and we want to continue to have uh, guests like Brian on our show. Uh, so please reach out if you want to be part of the conversation. We also are open to topics, ideas, questions, and so forth, and want to continue to make this content enriching to our audience. And please share your favorite episode. And hopefully we've given you some things also to help you to educate other people that you work with. So, um, and uh, we'd like to hear from you. So uh, please reach out. And with that, this has been Ask the Programmer.